calls. He's a libertarian in chief. This is the libertarian chief chat. Just a libertarian chit chat with the chief. Oh, hey, I'm Kevin. I'm here too. All right. Welcome to Chief Chats with Kevin Hobby and Todd Hagopian. I'm Kevin Hobby. And I am Todd Hagopian, and we have a good episode for you today. We are going to be talking about the LNC's uh, sudden decision to kill the paid referral program, um, what that means, why they did it, what the reasoning behind it has been, uh, and what we think about that. Um, and I think this is going to be an interesting episode, and I'm looking forward to the comments afterwards to see what we got wrong or what, what you guys think. But, um, but Kevin, basically... Let me just kind of lay out what this program was, because I don't think a lot of people even understood. Um, this is a paid referral program. It's essentially an outsourced recruiting program where they're hoping that people with influence can go out and get members that we wouldn't otherwise be able to get. Um, so, for example, somebody like a Tom Woods would have a link. He would put that link on his website or hand it out in his social media. And if somebody were to um, get a new membership, not a, not a um, renewal, but a new membership off of that link, Tom Woods would gain 20% of that, um, of that membership amount. And so um, what that means, and, and, and they could do it two ways. One, it could be an annual membership and he'd get 20% of that. Or two, they could do the monthly membership option and Tom Woods would not get paid until the fifth month is done when the LNC essentially recoups the whole annual year because just like Oklahoma, uh, they have it set up where if you go the monthly option, you end up paying a lot more um, for your annual membership than, uh, than you would if you were to just buy a one-time annual membership. So essentially, let's just break it down. Um, a $25 membership in the LNC uh, would cost $5. They would get $5 to the uh, referral person. Um, a $60 premium membership to the LNC would then be $12 to the premium person or to the referral person. That's how this program works. Um, there weren't a whole lot of details inside. And sorry, I've got all this because I was offered this last week to be a part of this program. I decided not to because I was just going to use our Oklahoma affiliate link. I don't care about making five bucks here and 12 bucks here. That's not really the issue. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna recruit hard either way. Uh, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, but essentially, that's what this program was. So um, what happened is everybody who was involved in this program suddenly got an email that said program's dead. Um, March 8th, it'll officially be over. Um, we weren't making enough money to clear our direct and indirect costs uh, to cover the program. And that line right there is what made me mad. So first of all, I could care less about five bucks or 12 bucks. Most people in this program could care less about five bucks or 12 bucks. Um, but it was a program that got put out there to drive membership. And that's what it was doing um, for very, very cheap cost. Uh, so let's just talk about numbers for a minute. Any questions on that, Kevin, before I kind of jump into some numbers? Uh, no questions on that. But one thing that I do want to note, because I've seen it uh, on social media, some people have been kind of confusing the two. 
this is a separate program from the basic referral program that you've seen through the states and through different members. This is not the same as like, say what Josh Smith was touting as being one of the number one recruiters for and stuff like that. These are two separate programs. Correct. Josh Smith, Josh Smith's referral link and my referral link last year would have been a no paid and unpaid referral link. This is for people who have uh, enough followers or enough influence that they think, you know, could potentially net them new members based on their, based on their following. So for example, that was one of the reasons I was offered a chance to do this program is I have 40,000 followers. And, and the thought is, is that maybe some of these folks would join um, if I touted it, you know, rather than um, and at a cheaper cost than if the LNC were to go out and try to acquire those new people. That's the thought process. It's essentially an outsourced way of getting your membership link in front of more people who aren't necessarily going to lp.org. Um, and it's a great idea. It doesn't even need to be big to be a great idea. And we'll talk about that. Um, so essentially, I did a deep dive on the budget a while back anyway. Uh, so I'm going to use some of that here today. But normally in our budget, the way it's budgeted in 2020 was there was about $500,000 of LP money budgeted towards general front fundraising and membership fundraising. And I'm going to be kind to the national LP and count general fundraising in that number, even though it shouldn't be, it should just be the LP, um, LP, you know, money, but essentially 500,000 was going to net about a million dollars in donations and or memberships. So it costs 50%. Okay, every $24 membership, it's costing $12 of fundraising expense to get that new member or to get that renewal of the membership, okay? Okay. This program takes out all of the costs, all of the variable costs of getting a new member. So there is no cost to getting a new member. The other people, the referral partners are doing it for you. So you have $24 and then you pay, or 25 bucks, whatever it is, and you pay $5. So it is a cheaper way of getting a new membership. In addition, you don't pay anything if somebody uses that link to renew a membership. So for example, if I was a member and I'm listening to Tom Woods and he says, hey, go onto my website, blah, 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 and become a member, you know, and, and it helps us, it helps show that the Mises Caucus is recruiting, blah, blah, blah. I could go on there and renew my membership through his link and I don't get paid anything or he doesn't get paid anything, okay? Um, so anybody who did that is in addition uh, or, or if I was gonna leave the LP and he convinced me to stay and I went on through his link, he still doesn't get paid anything. In addition, if I'm listening to him and I get all pissed off and I'm like, you know what? I am going to join this party. I, I wanna, I want to change this party. I want to do things good. I'm going to get out of the duopoly. And I go on to LP.org and I just become a member. And in the comments section, I say, I'm doing this for Tom Woods. Make sure he gets paid his referral fee. No, he doesn't get paid his referral fee. Okay, so he only gets paid his referral fee if it's a brand new member, and they click on the actual link that he has. So the reason I bring that up is because Joe Bishop Henchman came out and said, guys, this isn't a big deal. I'll break it down for you. 
he said, we had $18,000 of memberships that were claimed through this. We investigated them and decided that only $8,000 of them were legitimate, meaning um, were going to be paid out, which I don't understand. Either that means the other ones were renewals or something that they decided they were not new members. Um, and so he said there were $8,335 of memberships that were purchased. We paid out $1,665 uh, and all we got was 300 new members. That was his justification. And then he said, this is what really pissed me off. Then he said, it takes approximately $60 in donations to cover our direct and indirect costs of acquiring that new member. And that is bullshit. So first of all, it costs $5. We just talked about it. It costs $5 to acquire a new member through this affiliate program. It costs zero extra dollars. They did all the work for you and you got the new member. And then, and then he said, it costs way too much money to try to get them to renew. It costs way too much money to try to get them to renew and they're not renewing at a fast enough rate. First of all, the affiliate doesn't get paid when they renew, so that's all extra cash that goes to them. Second of all, the LP budget budgets almost exactly $5 per member to get renewal fees. So there's about $75,000 budgeted for donor renewal uh, expense, meaning calling donors and trying to get them to renew their membership. Um, and that's that's approximately three to five dollars worth of uh, expense per person. So now you're talking it costs five bucks for the LP to acquire the new member, and it costs three to five dollars for the LP to go after a renewal for the new member. And the LP at a minimum got $25. So it's profitable. Okay, no matter how you slice it, it's profitable, not to mention that the average. Um, was actually over $25. The average uh, in his numbers was over $25, uh, meaning some people bought premium memberships and whatnot. On top of that, this program is new. It started, I believe, at some time in 2019 and didn't really get going strong until 2020. So they have no idea how fast people are renewing. Um, so there, you know, we don't know. It's January 2021. There's been very few people who have even hit the renewal date yet. So that's why, that's what I think about Joe Bishop Henchman's email is there is something fishy here about the reasoning used behind it. First of all, the math is wrong. Second of all, the reasoning is wrong. And third of all, that makes you think that there's something behind this. And, and I'm sorry, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but I want to understand this better because I think that there is um, something nefarious going on here and I think it's bad and it needs to be nipped in the ass right now. And so this, I'm going to read you the letter I wrote to Mr. Bishop Henchman and then we can talk about that. So Robert and Chairman Bishop Henchman, I am requesting a full audit of the program be made public containing the following information. How many memberships were sold? Who were the 25 biggest recruiters? How much did each of them sell? What was the average membership amount? What was the average ratio of referral dollars paid 
per membership and renewal dollars. So that will be different than 20%. That will be less than 20% because any renewals were free. What fixed costs were associated specifically with this program that would have not been there otherwise? Because if a fixed cost, say overhead, say somebody's salary is in that $60 that Joe Bishop Henchman mentioned, but we would have had to pay it no matter if we had this program or not, then it should not be included in this calculation. That is not how you decide if a program is making money or not. And then what variable costs are attributed to each new member. So for example, if for some stupid reason, the LP spends $60 on a new member after they acquire them because the newsletter costs $60 or something ridiculous like that, what variable costs are associated with a new member? So that is a reasonable question to ask. You know, what did we pay once these 300 people came on board? Even if it's high, I would argue it doesn't matter because we got these people cheaper than what we budgeted a normal new member to come in at, um, but it's worth talking about. And then who was involved in the decision to kill this project? Uh, was this just Mr. Bishop Henchman? Was it um, Robert who was in charge of the program? Was it the treasurer? I wanna know who was involved because from the looks of it online, not very many people on the LNC were consulted. And then I said, after spending decades in project management, I am willing to assist in this post-mortem analysis if you need any help, because I know how to do this. So the point of this whole thing is, I don't believe that this was done correctly. I am hoping that those answers don't say what I think they will, which is that people, that certain people on the LNC don't like were the lead recruiters and decided to kill this program because 300 new members of the Mises Caucus who decide to get super involved could be 30% of the delegates in 2022. I hope that that's not the reason. I hope that's not what we find. But I think when we look at the top 25 recruiters through this program, we are going to get a, have more questions. Let's put it that way. What are your thoughts, Kevin? Well, I think that <clears throat> when you look at the numbers and it, the numbers don't add up, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. I'm also not a Mises guy. I, I, I know that uh, I get lumped in with Mises all the time because I uh, hang out with a lot of you guys and am friendly with a lot of you guys. But um, I think that if the math doesn't check out, you know, there's, there's not a lot of constants in this world, but math is one of them. If the math doesn't check out, then there's definitely an issue. And we know that the big hot button topic right now is this fear of a Mises takeover, that there's this behind the scenes power move, Emperor Palpatine type uh, takeover with the Mises caucus working behind the scenes and things like that. And so what it seems to me being from the outside is that there is something fishy. There is something that is not adding up. And I would really like to, I want to assume the best of our leadership. But like I said, if the math doesn't add up, then that's it. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and it seems to me like there's a lot of smoke right now. And let, let's talk for a minute about assuming the best, because there are different ways that this could play out where it's completely innocent. So let's talk about that. And I'm willing to hear that 
although none of those were referenced in the email that Joe sent um, justifying why the program went away. But let's assume for a minute that he didn't articulate himself well or was not explained well by whoever made this decision. There are different reasons that this could be the case. You could look at it from an 80-20 perspective. And Joe mentioned this. He said, you know what? We got thousands of new members and only 300 new members came from this program and we're spending too much time on it. That's a legitimate discussion point. Okay, however, I would like to know why they're spending any more time on these members than normal members because there are zero acquisition costs associated with them. Um, so I would like to understand that better. Um, and I would say we grew by about 4,000 members in 2020, I believe is the number. And 300 of them were new, assuming that that other $8,000, uh, sorry, 300 of them were through this program, assuming that that other 8,000 and other 300 members were not new, that they disqualified from this program. Um, that is, you know, 8%. So 8% of the new members came from this program. That's not insignificant. And that doesn't even include anybody who tried to come through this program, but didn't understand they had to hit that link and ended up going through lp.org and just signed up thinking they were helping uh, the cause. So I would argue that there were a significant number. It's not just 300 out of thousands, quote unquote thousands, it's eight plus percent of the new members came into this program. The other thing I would say is that last time we had an election, we basically lost 6,000 members the following year. So maybe now is not the right time to take away a program that's two years into it and already netting us a plus 300 new members. But let's put that aside. So the 80-20 argument is a potential realistic argument saying it is actually costing us more because we are spending too much time on this program versus other programs that could make more money. I would like to see the numbers, understand what other programs they're going to put their money towards, money or time or effort towards. Um, but I could, I could understand that. Um, there's also the argument that all 300 of them were former members who they were already contacting, you know what I mean? And um, just happened to renew through somebody's referral versus somebody, you know, versus LP.org. There's an argument to be made there that we would have gotten them anyway. I don't know that that argument holds very much water because, um, because of the distaste that a lot of the members that some of these referral partners have for national, um, especially last year during the contentious uh, convention and whatnot, and during some of the um, identity politics campaigning that went on. Um, but I, but again, that could be a possible reason. Wasn't named in the email, wasn't put in the initial justification for the program, um, but it would, uh, program deletion, but it would be a legitimate reason for them to talk about on why this program went away. And the last one is, it's just too little. You know, it doesn't make sense. We're trying to get thousands of members, not hundreds of members. Um, and, and we've got different things that we're gonna try going forward. That would have been great too. Uh, not in the email, there was no replacement program put in. In fact, in the email uh, that he put out, it said that he looked at different designs 
and none of them uh, could be profitable. So I would question that as well. A 5% referral bonus, a 10% referral bonus couldn't be profitable either. Um, I believe my math shows the 20% referral bonus is plenty profitable, but, but let's talk about a five or a 10%. This is not about making money, folks. This thing paid out $1,600. This is about the fact that we're trying to grow a party that's small. We get on 50 ballots a year and we have about 20,000 dues paying members. It's embarrassing. Um, and, and every 100 people or 300 people counts. And if a second year program is bringing in 300, then a fifth year program is gonna bring in 1500. And that's how we're gonna grow this party. Uh, but instead we're stopping it and I wanna know why. Um, that's where my frustration comes in. But again, to your point, Kevin, if there are realistic, reasonable reasons that they decided to stop this program, then come out with it instead of feeding us stuff that can be debunked just by looking at the budget. And the other thing I'll mention is if they, I, I read that entire email, if they, if they thought anything other than what they said in that email was going to happen, then I want to know who approved the program in the first place, who approved it, and let's get rid of that person. Because I don't understand why they thought that, that it would be a good idea that they need $60 to come in in order to cover the cost. If that was the case, they should have made it so that only premium memberships that cost $60 get paid out. So anyway, that's, that's my soapbox there. Is there a, I, I didn't see one, so I know you did a little bit more deep dive than I did, but is there a breakdown into how they came up with that number, that $60? Absolutely not, and that's essentially what we're asking for, is he just said direct and indirect costs. He did mention some of the things I mentioned, which were um, costs associated with trying to figure out if they qualify for the commission. Um, so they do go in and look at these 300 members and say, yes, they're a new member or whatnot. Um, and then they also talked about costs associated with trying to get them to renew. But that's what I already talked about, which is about $5 a member. Right. Um, so the thing that I don't understand, I, I understand the breakdown of, you know, it, it takes time. But to my knowledge, most of the people... Uh, at national and all of the people on the state level are volunteer. So how do you assign a dollar amount to time if you're not paying somebody? So there are fundraising salaries uh, in the national budget. Um, so, so national does have overhead that is actual employees. Um, and I believe it was in the range of, I might have this wrong, but it was in the range of 10 to $20,000 that they spend on fundraising salaries. Okay. Um, and so it's not, it's not nothing but it's also 10 to 20,000 on almost $2 million worth of fundraising. Um, so again, you're talking about, you know, 1% of the dollars is what they're paying on fundraising. So on a $25 membership, that would be whatever, two and a half cents. Um, if you assigned overhead to it, which you shouldn't, when you're talking about a program that is completely variable, you're either getting these members or you're not. So let's talk about how businesses outsource. Let's, let's put it in a business metaphor here. I'm running a business, which I actually am. And I outsource some stuff, some sales. So I can do it one of two ways. I can do it like this, where it's an affiliate program. You go out and sell something for me and I cut you in 
or I can have you be a distributor. You go out and sell something. I sell it to you and you sell it higher. Okay, but this is the, you go out and sell something and I cut you in. Inherently, I'm doing that because I don't need to employ another person. I've got people out there selling for me without taking on an employee. And inherently, I structure that program so that the $5 I'm paying him per membership is less than it would cost if I sat an employee in a chair and had them do the exact same thing. And that's what I mean. If this program was bullshit from the beginning and wasn't put together in a way that it could be profitable, then let's get rid of the person who designed the program. If the program is working as intended and just not bringing in as enough people, then let's keep it there because it's growing fast. Those are the two options that we have in front of us. If the program is working, I mean, I don't understand why we'd kill it. If the program is not making money, then it was designed poorly to begin with and you retool it because because a program that makes 300 in its second year, 300 new members in the second year is going to start being over a thousand in year four. I don't understand why we think that that's insignificant when we went from 20,000 members down to 13,000 between presidential cycles last year. Um, we are not a party who can afford to have these huge dips and we're going to see one again next year. And we are taking away a program that drives new members into the party. Well, I think that's a wrap. Todd Agopian coming out firing. Yes, I mean, sorry for the short episode, guys, and I'm sure there's more to it. And as we publish this, as we get more information, we are more than welcome to have people come on and talk the numbers talk through the justification. Mr. Bishop Henchman, you are welcome. Uh, Robert, you are welcome. Anybody from National who understands the program, welcome. We want more information. That's all we're asking for. Um, but we want true information and not what we have seen so far over the last 48 hours. Yep, totally agree. Anybody that wants to come on, if you wanna reach out to me or Todd or the Chief Chats, um, Twitter and hit us up on Facebook. Um, my phone number's out there for a couple of people. Anybody that wants to reach out to me can uh, definitely reach out and we'll get you on. We'd love to have anybody on to, to give a, another side to this. Um, we here at Chief Chats like to keep both sides going. That's why we've got the left and the right um, libertarians here. We, we don't like to spread misinformation, but it's very hard to uh, it's very hard to see anything whenever one side is being very quiet. Yeah. So thank you, folks. Let us know what you think about the episode. Please, please, please message us if you have additional information. If you want to come on, let us know. We are looking forward to that discussion. Um, and, and hopefully we find out more about this and, and we can come on and say we we're wrong. All right, folks. Thanks very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.